0: what I want to talk about going through new covenant Christianity and and what our church looks like and kind of coming back to the core and foundation of what our church is. Um, we've talked about new covenant Christianity. We're kind of continuing that. And the pillars of our church have been, as many of you guys know, kingdom, sonship, and grace. And we understand this. And the the thing that glues them all together is love. Um, and so I want to talk about kingdom. We've talked about kingdom several times here, but I'm going to, I found something really neat here. And specifically this week has has really shown me, uh, Especially, tell them they're free. They are free. They are debt-free. Listen, if, if I told every one of you in here that today your mortgage was going to be paid off, that your cars were going to be paid off, that you were going to be completely debt-free, would you be excited? Yes. I mean, yeah, I would. <laughs> I don't know if you would. Listen, there is, there is a, a, a weight that would be, like, seriously, think about this. I want, to take, I want to take a moment. I don't want to rush through this. Think about this. If I told you I was going to pay off everything that you had, how would that feel? pretty awesome listen (laughs) the lottery has been kind of a buzz lately it was like two billion dollars and and there's a lot of things and it comes up in conversations you can't help it and tracy and i talked about it what if we won two billion what would we do with two billion dollars and who who could we bless and who could we have y'all has anybody had those conversations or no y'all are much more spiritual than i (laughs) what would you do with all this money you know we wouldn't change yeah right (laughs) we'd be we'd be humble and we'd do this but here's the thing there's something when you start thinking about an overwhelming amount of money, more than you could even know how to spend, you start thinking about how you could just pay everything. At first, what what do you think about? You pay everything off, right? I could pay, I'd, I'd, all the stress would be lifted off of me, right? That, that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. But here's what's interesting is how easily we can relate to that and understand it and feel so free, right? Like even just talking about it, I'm like, man, how awesome would that be? No mortgage, no car payments, no, not have to worry, I mean, you could just Spend money and you could bless people or you could help people. But as as the parallel that we all know, there's a spiritual parallel here that we are debt-free, that Christ has paid all of our debt, that we have access to bless people right now, not just with money but with lots of different areas in our lives. But for some reason, because we have a visible realm and an invisible realm that we operate from, we tend to, to, and all of us including me, we tend to operate from the things that we see easier than the things that we don't see. And the Bible's pretty clear about that, that we need to operate from the from the realm that we don't see, the spiritual realm. Now I wanna I wanna tell you right now, you're all rich. <laughs> you've all won the lottery. Uh, and not the one from like Bruce Almighty where you just get seventeen dollars <laughs> because everybody won the lottery. But you all <laughs> you all have spiritually a bill, two billion dollars in your account. Listen, you've got more than you can spend. I want to encourage you in this because if we operate from a deficit, then we operate from a broken system. We operate from a broken relationship with the Lord. You do not operate from a deficit spiritually. We don't. And too many times in churches, we do operate from a deficit, don't we? There's a, there's a common hymn, and I asked <laughs> ask Andrew and them not to, not to sing it anymore. <laughs> and I asked them, I was like, are you singing this this morning? Because it's going to mess me up if you are. But it's, it's a popular hymn, and it was, it's all with good intentions. I don't think anybody was malicious in writing this song. But it goes, Jesus paid it all. What's the next verse? All to him I owe. No, brothers. <laughs> no. You don't owe anything. If you owed something, you would be trying to, to give something back, and you would cheapen what Christ did for you. You don't owe anything. Christ gives all freely. And it's, it's too good to be true, but it's true. <laughs> he gives it all. You owe nothing but to receive and distribute. We talk about the very core of our church. We're an R&D church. We receive and distribute, so we are conduits of the kingdom of God. We receive the Holy Spirit just like we talked about in worship. We, we receive living water that never runs out. It never runs dry. And from that place, what do we get? We get rivers of flowing water that flow out of us to everyone that's around us. Listen, if you're operating from a deficit, you're operating from the wrong realm. Now, it's easy for us to see if all of our bills were paid and all of our financial woes were lifted, how stress-free we would be. How about if we realized how real debt-free we are, how free you could be? How we can operate from that place and in relationships instead of seeking to take from people we would seek to give. Not just money. This, we're not talking about money here. When we operate from, from people instead of from the vine where we're supposed to abide, we, we operate from a broken relationship and we build broken relationships small into big broken relationships. When we operate from our father and we look back and he has full hands. I always tell my kids, don't forget to grab this out of my truck because you leave it in my truck and it's milk and it's going to sour usually. And they, I have full hands. That's what I always say. I have full hands. God's got full hands. <laughs> he's got everything you need. You don't look back and he's not going, oh, I ain't got nothing for you. Every time you look back to the Lord for something, he's got exactly what you need. Everything that you could possibly need. Now, this is, this is important because it's an incredible trust issue that we have to get past so that we can operate from the Spirit. Because if we don't trust that the Father's going to meet our needs, we're not going to share that with anybody else. right? Sure. You're not going to step out and, and share the goodness of God if you don't trust that he's really good. Think about that for a minute. This is where a lot of sin is born, when we don't trust. We think that we've got to do it. We've got to cultivate it. Ben and I were talking about uh, this morning. He told me a story that was a true story. He claims it was a true story. You can Google it. Check him on it. But it was a guy that, that uh, lived in Texas, of course. Lived in Texas, and, and he, he was going to grow all these fields and, and make a bunch of money. In the Great Depression, he bought a bunch of land. He was going to cultivate all these fields and grow crops. And the Great Depression hit, and he couldn't do it. It bombed. Nothing worked out. And so this guy comes up and wants to drill and says, I think you have oil in your land. I want to drill. And he's like, yeah, it's worth a shot. i got nothing else to lose here. And they drill, and they hit a gusher, and it's thousands, if I'm right, thousands of barrels of oil. This guy's a millionaire like that. So at what point was he a billionaire? When he bought the land or when they struck the wool? When he bought the land. This is where we all reach salvation. we receive Christ, you're a billionaire spiritually. You have to, it takes a while for us to realize it, but what do we do? We try to cultivate the land. Well, we need to we need to earn this we need to work this we need to work the system and we need to make money and god's like right below the surface i've got nothing but blessings for you if you just receive them this is this is the difference in operating from a religious system and operating from freedom in christ in a relationship so we don't cultivate what we can do for him we just look at what he's doing and we do it that's what a relation that's how relationships work relationships aren't we're not robots. We don't run off checklists of what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. We communicate with each other, right? So we communicate with the Lord. This is what the Holy Spirit came to give us this access to. Christ said, it's good for you that I leave. And they were like, no, don't leave. And he said, no, this is good for you if I leave because I won't be in one place in one time anymore. When I come back, I'm going to be a spirit and I'll be in all of you. And I always say if, if the devil only knew what he was doing when he crucified Christ, He's probably like, oh, my God. I only had one Christ to deal with. Now I've got all these Holy Spirits running around here messing me up. Listen, that's who you are. You're walking and talking temples of God. So now you don't cultivate some, some holiness. You receive holiness from Christ, and you operate from that place. So when, when are you operating in holiness? All the time. It's who you are. So if you go to the store, you are, walking, you are a walking holy person walking into the store. You are changing an atmosphere when you walk into that store. I've got several stories I want to get to at the very end of this, but I want to kind of go through some scriptures first. Um, th- this whole thing about the kingdom and coming to, coming to earth, on earth as it is in heaven, is mind-blowing. And if you go back and read through Jesus' uh, entire ministry while he was on earth, he had one message. Do you know what the message Jesus preached was? Kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. It's within our midst. It is right here in front of you. What does it look like? You don't get it. <laughs> You're asking the wrong questions. He says, listen, the, when, when the king came who was Christ, he didn't come alone. He brought his kingdom with him, right? And there, this is a, a, a grand, multifaceted kingdom that is very simplified in Christ. And he demonstrated what a king looks like. Now, people on looking, especially the Jews, they thought they knew what a kingdom looked like. Well, what were they looking for? They were looking for a king, right? They are looking for a geopolitical leader to come and make them the superpower again. That's what they saw as a king. What did Jesus do? He said, knowing that I have all authority, the Father has given me all authority on earth, what did he do? I'm going to wash my disciples' feet. Wait. <laughs> Stop. It's not what a king does, right? Kings don't wash dirty feet, do they? In in that day and time kings don't do that. Kings are royalty and they rule over people, right? People wash their feet, exactly. Look at what Jesus is doing. He's saying, "Listen, I am going to I'm going to realign you. I'm going to renew your mind to what my kingdom looks like." I'm the king, and I brought my kingdom with me, and this is what my kingdom looks like. I came to serve. I came to uplift people and build people up, and I came to, um, I came to change. Instead of, instead of the lepers changing me, I come and I touch them, and I change them, and I make them clean. I re- I'm reversing what you know about kingdoms and what you know about kings. Jesus radically shifted the world. <laughs> I mean, to say the least, he shifted everything. And, and and when he was speaking of the kingdom, everybody was like, well, what does it look like? Well, I don't understand. And he was like, it looks like this. This is what it is. And it's not what you think, but it's like this. It's not what you think. And, I'm, and we've talked about that, so I don't want to get into that too much. But he completely realigned what we, looked like, what we looked at as far as a king and a kingdom goes. Now, what does that do for us today, right? That shows us how we're supposed to operate. What did Jesus say? I only do what my father does. We're, we're in a relationship. Well, what about this, Jesus? This isn't me. This is dad. I just do what he does. I look at what he does and I do what he does. And even Jesus said, listen, if there's another way, dad, I would would like to explore options. If there's another way, I don't want to do this. but, But what? Not my will, but your will be done. I understand that there is a greater, there is something greater happening right now. And even Jesus at the time said, listen, if there are other options, I'd like to explore those. But if not, whatever you want me to do, father, I do it because why? Why did he do that? I trust you. This is how we need to operate. As New Covenant believers and New Covenant Christians, You've, you've your debts are paid. <laughs> you are free to give everything away. I'm not talking about physical things. You are free to give everything away emotionally. You're free to give everything away in love. You are free. That's hard for people that have been hurt. Anybody? Because that, that opens you. It makes you vulnerable, doesn't it? It makes you vulnerable when you open yourself up. I said during worship, and the Lord revealed that to me, I spent the first half of my life trying to prove that I was strong. And if you know me in here, I cry a lot. I didn't cry a lot back then. (laughs) I didn't do it. I was trying to be a tough guy. Where we grew up, you had to be a tough guy. We fought a lot. Um, Fortunately, guns weren't introduced until towards the end of my rebellious little gangster age. But I saw many pulled. Luckily, I didn't get shot. But most of the time, it was fighting. I grew up fighting a lot, fist fighting. And in, in those scenarios, you had to, and I'm just being completely transparent as if I'm not always, I was pretending to be tougher than I was. I had to put on a mad face and I had to be cautious of what was going on around me because everyone was trying to take advantage of me. And to be honest, I was trying to do the same thing because it was the only way I knew how to operate. A transitional, right? All I knew how to do was hustle. If, if someone did me a favor, then I owed them whether they said it or not. And if I did someone else a favor, they owed me whether they meant it or not. And if not, and there was trouble to be had, <laughs> there, there were bad things that were coming. I mean, it was the reality that I found myself in. Now, since salvation, I've understood who I am in Christ. He's allowed me to become a child again where I could never be a child when I was younger. In, in the areas where, you know, all the, all the drugs and drunk fighting and abuse and different things that I witnessed, I had to be the adult when I was a kid and try to, like, manage things that I shouldn't have had to manage. And the Lord's so gracious in that after salvation. He said, look, you can rest now. You can relax. And what an incredible gift. I wanted to wait till the end, but this really leads into this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead to one story at least. Uh, you guys know, a couple weeks ago, I was asked to go preach in Fayette at my friend's church. Um, and my friend is the one that witnessed to me when I got saved years ago. And so his wife wanted to surprise him and said, hey, it's Pastor Appreciation Month or whatever. We, we always have a guest speaker come, and I'd like for you to come speak. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. So I drove up to Fayette. Um, it was a pretty good drive. Drove up there and, and stayed the night, and I uh, got to hang out with them and get to know them um, a little bit better. We hadn't seen each other in years. we talked here and there over the phone, but um, really wasn't sure what to expect. And, and it was a more traditional type service, and I'm, I don't know if you've met me, <laughs> but I'm not real traditional, so I was worried. I brought, like, fancy shoes and fancy pants, and so I thought I'm going to have to try to dress up. But he was cool. He was like, you don't have to do any of that. Just, just be yourself. And I was like, sweet. I didn't. I wore fancy shoes, but I wore jeans. He didn't make me wear my fancy pants, so I wore jeans, but I wore fancy shoes and a nice shirt, and so, anyway, not really, depends on who's looking, because these are pretty fancy to me, these are my favorite shoes, I've had these for a while, Um, so anyway, (laughs) so anyway, so I spoke, and and I gave my testimony, what's, here's, here's what's really neat about this, Um, when we understand the kingdom, where we operate from, these, these simple acts that we do, you know, I could have said no, we've got a lot going on here, we've, We're talking about the budget, we're talking about life, we're talking about church, and I was like, I hate to pull out in the midst of everything that's going on, but I'm good. I mean, I trust the Holy Spirit, and I trust everybody in here as far as leadership and you guys go. It's not a big deal, and so I went, and it was a very simple act. I mean, I gave my testimony, and I I felt like I gave a decent message, whatever it was worth. Well, at the end of the service, um, we began to pray for people, and um, uh, Alana is, is my friend Jarrett's wife, and she came up to me, and she said, hey, there was a guy on the back row that left, and he came back. And she said, the Lord told me to go get him and bring him up here, but I didn't listen. <laughs> I, I, was, you know, I just didn't listen, but he came back, so you need to talk to him. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to go back there and talk to him because he came up front. And we prayed for him, and he received Christ, and he was born again right there. Um, and come to find out, he had a similar upbringing as me, and he dealt with the drugs and abuse and different things like that. And he just he, he didn't go to church, never been to church. He got in a fight with his uncle down the street and just decided to come and sit on the back row. And what's amazing to me... <laughs> how God took for one person he drove me all the way up to Fayette so that that young man could could see him and see him as father I mean that just I know that seems I mean it's not that far it's like four or five hours but I mean all that to say that one little thing that one drive up there for me to speak and it's not that I'm you know but that guy needed to hear my story it's not about me he just needed to hear it because God wanted him to know that he was his son too and that's just it's amazing to me. It just blows my mind. Later, I, I had I saved him a seat. We had like a dinner or whatever, and I, they had like assigned seats. They had like pastor and like guest speaker, like little size cute. And uh and I was like, dude, you're and the, the guy that had just gotten saved was like, you're coming over here and sit with me. I want to talk to you. And so we talked and, and I asked him, I said, Hey man, why did you why'd you leave and come back? And he said, Well, I wanted to cry, <laughs> but I don't like crying in front of people. <laughs> so I went outside and cried and came back. And I was like, "Man, did you not see me up there?" <laughs> I was bawling my eyes out half the time. But he said the same thing that, that I, I'm. I'm so disconnected from that life that I forget that a lot because I'm okay showing emotions. Like I, said, I don't have anything to prove to anybody anymore. But he's he's still in that place where he does. And so he's got he's he's working through that. And so and I told Jared, I kind of gave him a hard time. I was like, "You are responsible for this guy. <laughs> you keep up with him. Make sure he's doing okay and everything." And they are. So anyway, I just thought that was really cool. And and all. All that was was a very simple act um, that, that the Lord used and made something supernatural happen that, that was amazing there. All right, I skipped ahead, skipped way ahead. Um, Jesus came, he changed the way we look at, at what a king is. He served, um, he healed people, he was empowering others. Um, we look at salvation we talked about a few weeks ago that um, the, the, the guys that got healed, only one came back and he was made whole. Well, were they all healed? Yes, they were all healed, but only one was made back, came back and made whole. Well, the word whole there was uh, sozo, which is save, heal, delivered. There's more to, um, there's more to salvation than just healing. Um, we, we certainly want to heal everybody that we come in contact with. We want to pray over everybody. But there's more to it than that. It's, it's a, a deeper knowing of Christ, and it's, it is a deliverance. It's new life. So, and, and a lot of the churches that I grew up hearing spend a lot of time talking about sin, either not sinning, or the good news, which is you've been forgiven of sins, but the, the important part was the new life that it was always left off at the end. Okay, well, I'm forgiven of my sins. Now what? <laughs> Wait to die. That was pretty much the, That's all they gave me. Well, you get to go to heaven. You got a ticket. Well, what now? What do I do now? And so the new life part, the, the, the deliverance that we experience now is so important that we don't put that off until death that we can actually operate from that place now. Jesus demonstrated on earth. When he walked around, he... He operated from the kingdom on earth. He demonstrated that the supernatural and the natural could come together and be okay. Because before that, it wasn't okay. <laughs> there was a whole different process in the old covenant. But now he says, look, my righteousness, my holiness can dwell inside of flesh. <laughs> and I'm going to show you. I, here's, here's how much I love you. I'm going to come down and demonstrate it to you. I'm not just going to tell you from afar. I'm going to send my son so that you can see that it, can, it is possible. And so that's where we operate from. Um, Ephesians 1.3, and we may actually, do we have it up there? What? We're trying new technologies. We're amazing. We're like in the 21st century. <laughs> Big thanks to Mike up there, man. He's, he's awesome. And he, uh, he's found a way to plug. Hey, Mike. He's found a way to plug scriptures into there. And that's awesome. So y'all can see it up there if you didn't bring your Bible or your digital Bible. Um, Ephesians 1.3 says, praise be to God, our Father, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Listen, every spiritual blessing in Christ you have available to you. There are lots of different streams of influence and lots of different backgrounds within our church. That's why I love our church, because we're very diverse. Listen, if you are seeking some special anointing, if you're seeking some special gift, listen, it's found in Christ. There's nothing extra that you have to seek other than seeking Christ. He will give you whatever you want. Whatever you need, he is there to give you. There's no extra step you have to take other than receiving from him. Listen, this is, this is why uh, I've had several conversations with different people recently, especially about worship and understanding what worship's like, because I understand that we're not, we're not like <laughs> summons in God's spirit you know, every Sunday or we're like entering in and out or jumping in and out, because that's kind of the, the background that I come from is you know, we, just, we just want to enter his presence. We just want to enter his presence. Well, that's old covenant talk. We're, he's with us. <laughs> We're not entering anything. We're entering a building. You know what I mean? So so then I began to, I have these questions. Well, what is it that I feel in corporate worship? There's something happening, right? When we come in here and we worship, there's no doubt that I'm not trying to manufacture something here. I'm not trying to fall out and, and, and speak in tongues so that there's this experience that I'm happening. But there's something that's happening to me and through me. And what, what, what I've found is the more I understand it, and here's what's really cool about this, we want so bad there to, to be an either or, but it's not. It's both and. We need to understand it logically. We need to understand what's going on. And when we when we align our understanding with what's going on in our hearts, that's what I'm feeling in worship. When we when we say things that we know are true, right? When we sing these songs, we know this stuff. This isn't brand new to us. We know that it's been one. We know that Christ did it. He paid it all. We know these things. But when we sing them, and for me, I close my eyes just because I have ADD. But I close, you don't have to close your eyes. But I close my eyes and i focus on the lord that's all i'm doing i'm just aligning my mind to what's already been done in my heart and there's something that happens it's like it's like spiritual puzzle goes comes together and i and i it's it's an experience right So, I used to pray on a daily basis, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon me. Thank you. And I prayed that every day. Um, but a few months ago, after one of Justin's sermons, I realized that that's not right. The Holy Spirit is with me. And so now I pray, Lord, make me sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. Help me to hear him. Help me to yep. do what he tells me to do. So I shifted everything, and that was just mind blowing to me. I had never thought about it that way before. Well, what that does, I'm sorry I ruined your prayer life, but what that does, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, here's the cool thing. Dad doesn't care. He's like, "Oh, that's sweet." But I'm already here. I mean, think about it. if my kids were like pulling at my leg constantly, "Daddy, I just want to be in your presence." You know, I wouldn't be like, "Shut up." I'd be like, "Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet, but you are <laughs> you, you already are." <laughs> you know what I mean? So, here's here's the thing. What's cool about that is when we say pour out your spirit on us, we we imply that he is separate from us. Without even knowing it, we create a great chasm <laughs> that's not there. Amen. In our minds, we we create distance. And that's not, my whole Bible is the opposite of that, is, is him drawing near to us and us drawing near to him, not creating distance. And so when we, when we understand that he is with us always, and, and here's another cool thing about that, uh, is that it shifts our mind from being self-referential to looking to help others. Because when we're not trying to drum up just like the, the story about trying to cultivate all this stuff. We've got to cultivate all this stuff. God's like, I've got oil for you if you'll just tap into it. And then you can bless other people, and you're not worried about trying to cultivate it for yourself. The, the grace, is grace, and I constantly say this, and I'll continue to say it until God tells me not to. Um, grace puts us in a, pecu- a peculiar position because now we don't have to earn anything anymore. We are, we are open to bless others. Amen. When, you, when you reach an understanding and a maturity that grace has bought for you every spiritual blessing in Christ, then you can take a deep breath and go, all my debt's paid. Well, now what do I do? Well, how do I earn? I need to earn more money. No, you don't need to earn anything else. Well, I need more. Uh, no. You just need to understand what you actually have, right? Listen. Take a deep breath. Rest. The only thing the Bible tells us to strive for is what? Rest. Strive to enter into rest. <laughs> what, a, what a conundrum. The only thing you need to be working towards is working to enter into his rest because from his rest, you can begin to, what? Distribute that rest to other people. Because listen, people don't need every answer as much as you think that they do. They don't need an answer. to. Well, they need an answer, but not in the way that you think they do. They don't need you to explain everything to them. I'm going to get into another story before I can even get past this. We'll just sprinkle stories throughout this whole day. How about that? Here's another story. This just happened yesterday. Here's what's cool about this. I'm not teaching you some theology that I think is really neat and you should try it. This is a life that we live. We went to a sausage festival. I'd never been to a sausage festival. They only had one kind of sausage. I don't know what the deal was. But they had a sausage festival, and they had a bunch of, <laughs> they had a bunch of tents, and they were selling like crafts and stuff, and I was thinking they were going to have like 20,000 different sausages. They only had one that, I, that I'm aware of. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so we went to the sausage festival, and I had this idea that we, we're going to go here, and it's going to be fun. We want to enjoy the day. But at a certain time, I wanted to get back home because I had a project I wanted to start. Um, and, and I've just been working around the house trying to get some stuff done. And the the day just kind of went on, and we were enjoying the day, and we were with friends and hanging out and doing stuff, and um, as we were coming back, we stopped at a few other places, and I looked at the time, I was like, I'm not doing anything today, <laughs> this is just not going to work out, by the time we get home, it's going to be too late, and I'm going to be tired, so we're not going to do that, and so on the way back, we are like, hey, let's stop and get something to eat, so I was like, yeah, there's a place I know um, that I love, and, and and our friends hadn't been there before, so we went, and and uh, as we're sitting down eating, uh, the lady that owns it is uh, from Belgium, right? and so I just like, I like talking to people and so she came up and I was like where are you from again and she was like Belgium and so how would you end up in Mobile and we just made a conversation and it was very simple I wasn't like trying to be super spiritual or anything we were just talking and getting to know her and she was funny and so we talked a little bit and somehow the conversation led to how she ended up in Mobile and she started talking about her husband and she, she kind of got choked up she just lost her husband in January and she walked away choked up and I was like oh my gosh I just made her cry I was not trying to do that um, but I was kind of broken hearted for her. And so we finished eating or whatever and we just kind of kept watching her and she was still kind of broken up about it behind the counter. And and uh, before I left, I was like, man, I can't leave her like this. <laughs> and uh, this is gonna be awkward, but I-, I have to go hug her. And so I just went behind the counter. I was like, hey, can I hug you? She's like, yeah. And I hugged her and she just kind of broke down and I prayed for her. And and everybody that we were with, Tracy and it was the Birches, I just, we, just, we just hugged her and loved her and talked to her for a minute and left. And it was one of those moments that it wasn't anything super spiritual that we stopped to get tacos. I just like tacos, <laughs> if you don't know that already. Um, but there was a divine appointment there that we didn't even know. I mean we were there for a reason. She needed a hug. I mean that's how good God is. This woman needed a hug and we just stopped to get tacos. <laughs> that's how God, God places us in these positions, not so that we can, and it wasn't hard. I mean, I wasn't stressed out about that. The Lord said she needs a hug. I was like, "That's weird," but I mean, it's not weird, but it's awkward in, in our social system that you walk behind a counter and give somebody a hug. But she just needed a hug, and she got four or five of them that day. And that's 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 how good that's how good God is. That's that's the kingdom invading Earth in little in little pockets throughout life. All right, focus. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You won the lottery. <laughs> 1 John four seventeen, it says, uh, is it up there? Yeah. Boom. I can't see it, but it's cool. 1 John uh, four seventeen. love has been perfected among us. Where? Among us. In this way that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we. Where? In this world. In this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Yeah, wow. Let that sink in. As he is, so are we in this world. Anybody see what Jesus did when he was on earth? Anybody? It's pretty awesome. As he is, so are we in this world. How can we approach the throne with boldness? Because our sins have been forgiven. Because we have new life. Because we're not afraid anymore, right? Fear has no place in us. We're bold. We're bold to to love people. (laughs) We're bold to operate from him, not from our own insecurities or, or even from others. As he is, so are we in this world. First Peter two nine says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are a royal priesthood, a chosen people. That's who you are. Listen, I don't I don't always look at myself as royal priesthood. But I am. I mean, it's it's who I am. It's who you are. You are royalty. You are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. Where is Christ right now? He's in our hearts, but where else is he? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So where are you? Sitting at the right hand of the Father. This is the kind of access we have. We talk about, even when we go back to the ask, seek, knock thing, we always think we're the ones outside knocking on the door. We're not. We're the kids in the bed. We just tug on Daddy's beard and say, hey, I need some bread. Think about that. We're at the right hand of the Father. When we need something, we just go, wait, we're right hand. <laughs> wherever, wherever daddy is, hey, I need something. We're right there. In the spirit, we're right there. It's like DNA. It's like he's, he's aligning our mind with how he's, he's realigned our DNA to be sons and daughters, heirs and co-heirs with Christ. Uh, Luke twelve thirty one says, but seek the, seek the kingdom of God. And there's a little, there's a little footnote that says his kingdom. Um, and all these things will be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. There's several key things right here. Verse 32 says, do not fear. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's not withholding anything from you. God's not holding back like the I like the, the insurance commercial with the guy with the fishing pole and the dollar. Oh, almost got it. Oh, that's what religion does. Religion does that. It's like, oh, try a little harder, right? Keep you, keep you coming, and listen. I don't want to get into this. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I'll, side note, sidebar: if we were, if we were a church that just, oh man, I don't want to say this the wrong way. Religion can be a multi-million-dollar program system. If I wanted to hold, if I wanted to create a sin management system, we could be monetarily a very wealthy church. I mean we could be if if I was crooked and wanted to do that, but I, know I can't can't go backwards. Here's the thing. We whether we're rich in money or not, we are a rich church in Christ. We can't we can't create this system that goes backwards to a covenant that we weren't invited into. It's like Ben said the other day, dee, 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 dee. people arguing over a covenant they weren't invited to. Dee, 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 dee. You're on, there's only one covenant that we are, can enter into, and that's the covenant of grace through Christ. That's the only covenant that's available to us. It's the only covenant that's available to anybody at this point. We operate from that place, and so we are rich in grace and mercy and truth. And from that place, we don't have to worry about all these things that, that the lost world does. And we don't have to fear. It says, seek his kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Now let's back up. What things? Let's go to Luke 12, 22. Can we back up to Luke 12, 22. We up there? Look at that. That's amazing. Luke 12, 22. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Stop there. Does anybody need to hear that? Let that sink in. Do not worry. Another translation says don't be anxious. Don't have anxiety. Don't worry. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or about your body, what you'll wear. For what is more than food? Life. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them, and how much more valuable are are you than birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass, of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. And there it is again. Don't worry. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows that you need them. And here we go again. But seek the kingdom of God, his kingdom. And all these things will be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Listen, fear, anxiety, and busyness hinders our awareness of what God is doing in the spirit day by day and moment by moment. Fear, anxiety, stress, these things will will distract you from what God is is doing in you and through you. They're only distractions. They don't have power over you, but you you can give them some. You can hand it over. They can't take it. They have no authority, none. Uh, I, I like how Bill Johnson says the enemy is like a, a, tree, a tree branch has been broken off. It looks alive, but it's dying. It's dead already. Listen, your enemies look alive. Fear, anxiety, stress, all these things look very real, and they feel very real. But I'm telling you, they are distractions of your calling of, of living in freedom. It, is operating It's, it's, it's a, an absolute hindrance of operating day by day, moment by moment, from the Spirit. So we seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to me. So he, he gives two uh, kind of two things here. We don't worry about what we don't worry about clothes, we don't worry about food. Those are representations of things in the natural, right? What he's trying to lead us to is living from the spirit. We live from the spirit, we trust that the Lord will provide these things When we talk about provision, promotion. What were the three? Protection. Protection, promotion, protection, promotion provision. Those three things protection, provision, promotion. However, whatever order you want to put them in. Huh? Four things? Four things? What's the fourth one? Presence. Oh, bye. That's that whole thing your leg. Of course you have my presence. Yeah, of course you have my presence. The four P's. Five, five Ps. Peas. <laughs> How do we fit tacos in there? Not pizza. Sorry. <laughs> Gabe, I love you. Get out of my head. All right. <laughs> so, presence, protection, provision, promotion, all these things that we try to cultivate ourselves, God's like, We met. We, you know me. I've got these for you. But here's the cool thing. When we operate from that place, we begin to discover these things instead of trying to drum them up and work them up. We're going to go, wow, there it is. It's right there. It's, it's, it's been there the whole time. I've had this the whole time. And that's why he, ta- he doesn't talk about renewing our hearts. He says it's already done in our hearts. He talks about what? Renewing our minds. It goes back to the whole hardware, software in your computer, hardware, software. You've got the hardware. All that is, is there. We just need to renew the software constantly. Listen, on the way back from Fayette, my phone crashed. And I, I think God has a great sense of, I know God has a great sense of humor. Because on the way up there, there's a small town and, and their children's church pastor <laughs> was trying to tell me how to get there. I said, hey, send me the address so I, can, so I know how to get there. He was like, well, you're going to come up, you know, 13, and you're going to take a left on 43, and there's going to be a barn. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> send me the address, and I'll touch it on my phone. <laughs> and then it'll take me there magically. And so it took a while through some communication to try to, I was trying not to be a jerk about it, but I was like, please just send me the address. He's like, well, the address won't get you there. I was like, oh, well, send me to an address near there, and I'll try to find it from there. Anyway, so I finally got there, and in the back of my head, I was like, like, I'm super cool. Like, why can't he, why didn't, he should just send me this like he's out of, out of touch or whatever. On the way back, my phone crashed. I was lost. Talk about panic. I'm driving through a place I've never been from, from Fayette, kind of coming towards Tuscaloosa, and I'm looking for like a compass in my truck. Like I don't even know if I'm going south anymore. I'm like totally panicked. Like my heart started beating fast. And I was like, how much I depend on this dinky little phone, because it's that was my navigation. And I'm trying to remember, did he say 43 or 13? <laughs> Where's that barn? So on on the way back, I'm like in an all out panic. I finally make it to Tuscaloosa, and I'm like, and I'm Tracy's gonna stress. That she doesn't know where I am. She's gonna think I'm dead in a ditch somewhere. Nobody knows. Like I'm out of touch. It's like 10 minutes. I'm, you know. Oh my gosh, the whole world's gonna fall apart because I don't have a phone and navigation. So I go to five different places and and finally end up in a place where they have to clear my whole phone off and start it over, but I get navigation back and make it home. But I don't know where I was going with that whole story. What was I talking about? Software. Software, hardware, yeah. Apparently it was an update that I kept avoiding because I didn't want it to slow my phone down or anything, but they made me update it, so now I have an update and I don't like it. They're taking my home button away from me and I want it back. (laughs) All right. Steve Jobs was here. I want my home button. All right. So yeah, software, hardware, hardware, software. We keep we, we have to renew our software. You keep, anyway, I'm like, I'll, I'll leave that alone. I'll let that die. Let's move on. I'm already, I said I was going to let y'all early, and I never do that. Um, promises, promises. This is my intentions. Good intentions. When you have anxiety, worry, and fear, we misplace our trust and place those things above God's peace. If we ha- we if if we do that, we kind of hand over. Something that shouldn't be uh, an authority that shouldn't be given. We hand it over to something much weaker than the solution to our problems. We say, "Okay, Lord, um, I want you to deal with this," but then we still stress and worry about it. We we're we we're giving something authority that has no business having authority. We we're handing over, <laughs> casting pearls to swine, kind of so to speak. We we're giving. We have. I don't. I don't want to say how far I want to go with this. Let's, let's let that lie. I may come back to that, but I don't have enough time because I really want to chase that further. Awareness awareness of the significance of the, of the Spirit within you will develop a character of Christ in and through you. So it's the awareness of the significance the Holy Spirit is within us creates in us the character that we begin to operate from that place, not the other way around. What I was taught initially when I first began to go to church was, okay, grace has saved you, but now you better buckle up and, and you better do better. I was never given an opportunity to enjoy God before all the law was laid back on top of me right i was trying to work up a, a worthiness for God to bless me and that's completely backwards now that i understand that God has blessed me in all spiritual blessings in him now i can take a deep breath and go okay now i can operate as as a son of god and i can actually help people and bless people and I don't have to stress out about this relationship that God's already sealed for me in my heart. Talk about aligning your mind to something, a reality, a truth. Align your mind to that truth. The one translation says the Holy Spirit is even above our own conscience. Let that sink in. Even above your own conscience, the, the Holy Spirit will tell you how awesome you are above your own inability to realize how awesome you are. Now, that's not a self-righteousness saying, look how great I am. No, go back to Jesus. See Jesus knowing he had all authority, knowing he was the king of kings and lord of lords, and brought his kingdom with him, knowing they had all authority on heaven and on earth, he washed his disciples' feet. He didn't leave us to figure this thing out on our own. Why? He says he sent the Holy Spirit. I've said this before. Why would he send the Holy Spirit that we can't trust? He doesn't. You can trust the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will show you exactly what you're supposed to be doing. All the time. Moment by moment. Hey, go do this. Oh, man, I'm going over. Love you guys. You have to know that there's, been a depo- there's, that there's been something deposited before you can make a withdrawal. Know that the Lord has deposited $2 billion in your spiritual account. Align your mind to that. Think about that. Every time you think, I can't do this, think about that. You, you have an account that you can withdraw from that you, you don't have to invest in. He's already invested in you. So, you, your, your reward is, is going to be, he says, seek his kingdom and all these things will be given to you. How is that? He created you. He knows what you need. He ain't dumb. <laughs> He's smart. He understands what you need. So, God takes these simple acts that we do and he makes them supernaturally effective. So, the two stories I told you, let me think of the other ones. The Fayette one, take those two out. Uh, one I, I'll go through briefly. We were in New York several years ago and there was a limo driver, and I started a conversation with him. We weren't going to take a limo. We, we're gonna take a taxi and this limo driver walked next to us and talked us into taking a limo. Because so we were going, we went to a Broadway show we'd never been to, and we were going to some place that we wanted to check out. And he was like, hey, I've got a limo. You want to... I was like, no, we're not, we're not balling like that. He's like, no, he said, by the time you take a taxi, you're gonna to have to do this, it's gonna be this much. And so we negotiated, it ended up being like 40 bucks or something, and we split between four people, and I was like, Yeah, we're gonna take a limo, it's gonna be cool. Another divine appointment we didn't even know. And uh, we ended up tipping him more because we got to know him. And uh, his son had, had anyway, I'll, I'll make it brief. His son had gone off the deep end and was, like, dealing with a lot of stuff. And, and he was the limo driver was a Christian, real nice guy. So he comes and opens the door for us. We end up sitting down on the curb in New York City praying for this limo driver. I mean, how cool is that? Um, and it was just a really, and, and then this is how, this is how that, that river begins to flow. When you, when you just simply do simple things. We started a conversation. We saw that he needed prayer. We began to pray for him. This uh, Asian couple came up. And you could tell they could speak broken English, but they saw that we were praying for him. They're like, "Hey, what were y'all doing?" <laughs> they were just curious. They're like, "What? What is this?" You know. And we're like, "What? What is what?" They're like, "What? What is this?" You were, you know, because we were like praying over him. We're like, we were praying for him." And they're like, "Oh yeah." So we ended up praying for them. Too. It was really cool. Anyway, it's just funny how that works out. Uh, another instance uh, Ben was telling me about: somebody stole his gas. Somebody siphoned gas out of one of his work trucks, and so he was all frustrated because somebody stole his gas. So anyway, so he, he goes to a gas station. Well. He had to go to gas station. Somebody stole his gas. We ran into an old friend that he hadn't seen in years that had fallen on hard times and needed a job, and he ended up he was able to give him a job. And, and we were joking around about it. He was like, uh, the real hero here are those thieves that stole my gas. That's the real <laughs> hero here. But it was cool how God used something that could have been, you know, it was frustrating. He had to go get gas, and he was running late for something else. But then he realized, you know, hey, God has created a divine appointment here that I needed to be here at a certain time for this to happen. What's important about these stories is I hope that it helps you guys see things that you may have overlooked before. God's always doing stuff. He's always working. And here's, here's what's cool about it. We, you probably miss more than you get, and that's okay. It's okay that you miss some. He's not like have a scorecard score like, oh, missed that one, missed that one, missed that one. God's faithful in, in, in bringing opportunities to you constantly. Trust me. He's funny about that. Just open your eyes to him. I want to encourage you, as we wrap up, open your eyes to those things. Because in those simple acts a hug, a smile. Tracy tells our kids every day, be the sunshine for somebody in your school, somebody you see. You may be the only one that that shows them love. You may be the only one that, that demonstrates to them that you care, that God cares about them. And that's important. We need to instill that when they're young because they need to know that their account is not bankrupt, that they're not working in a deficit, that they don't owe God anything, that he is giving, and all we do is receive and distribute it, that we have something to give we say it all the time, you have to know that you have $10,000 in your pocket before you can give away $10,000. This is spiritually speaking. You have to know that you have something before you can give it. That's why we have to receive so that we can distribute. You can look throughout Scripture. Jesus never avoided or rebuked what we would call interruptions in his life, did he? Constantly, kids would run up to him and disciples would say, get out of here. He's like, no, no, no. Let the kids come. So, uh, 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 you know, someone would come up and interrupt and say, no, 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 and Jesus said, say, no, 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 let him come in. He never, he never treated interruptions the way we treat, we treat interruptions. We're very busy people. I, I'll speak for myself. We're very busy. I don't know if you guys are. We're busy doing stuff. We've got lots of distractions, looking at doing stuff. Make sure, And for us, we want to make sure everybody's taken care of. We want to make sure everybody's good. Is so everybody, you know, nobody's hurt. Everybody's okay. And then we've got jobs and we've got bills and we've got all these things. And we stay very busy, right? I want to encourage you to take at least once a day, and I'm not trying to make I'm not trying to make this legalistic, but just keep it in your mind. Take a deep breath once a day and just pray. Just rest in the Lord and look for those opportunities. Because those opportunities are all around you. We just have to recognize them. All those, those little things that we think are little are actually the kingdom crashing into earth. That is God's kingdom. That is, that is you walking around as walking, talking temples. Creating holy atmospheres everywhere you go. And that's an amazing thing that that God has created for us to be able to operate in and from. All right, stand up with me. You know what? Don't stand up with me. Sit. All right. I'm trying to think of what we need to do here. We need to do the budget thing. Y'all can stay seated. I I want to pray for you. Y'all can stay seated, but I want to pray for you, and then we're going to get into the budget thing. We'll, We'll try to make it brief. Um, Father, I just thank you for, for the word that you gave today. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit um, can work in and through me, and it can work in and through everyone else um, that hears my voice, whether it's in this building or through podcasts later on. Lord, I, I pray that you just speak to them directly, Lord, in a way that only you can. And so, Father, I, I thank you for giving us uh, giving us your grace, your truth, and your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name.